Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by TheRinger.com and The Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find such shows as The Ringer NFL Show. Are we ready to say it is NFL preseason yet, Tate, or is the NBA still on the forefront of our minds? That's the question that everyone has on the sports calendar. It is a dead period for sports. What about baseball, though? Does anybody care about baseball in this country? I do, um, but it feels like the rest of the country doesn't. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to plug the NFL show. How about that? Yeah, there you go. It's happening. I will say, against all odds, we recorded our fantasy football show, our big preview mm. about uh, you know players to take in the fantasy football draft. So I guess we should say that the NFL season is here. Who is a... Uh, uh Who's like the number one guy? Is Maurice Jones-Drew still like a great fantasy player? <laughs> yes, I believe <laughs> who's, so. Who's a um? Who who's like the who are the best guys in fantasy? I stopped playing fantasy a long time ago because like, every, everyone wants to stop playing fantasy. Fantasy is like Facebook. Like everyone knows it's horrible and the dumbest shit on earth, and you want to quit it, but you can't. I think the and new MJD I'm brave enough to quit is David Johnson because okay. every single year you hear that David Johnson should go either first in your draft or you know fifth in your draft at the top, and then you know something happens, he gets hurt, and then now uh, I think Alvin Kamara is the guy. There's a lot of rumors about Todd Gurley, he has arthritis in his knee, possibly so, potentially. So running backs are still super important even though like they're not actually important yes. in the real who game who knows like how every time I watch football like the running backs are relevant in the NFL yeah but yet in fantasy they're still like the most important huh interesting there's lots of controversy over Le'Veon Bell and the Jets I mean there's there's so much stuff to talk about maybe we should get into it on the Ringer NFL show so coming up now we have the Ringer NFL show <laughs> Mark Titus Dave go, uh, yeah go, go listen uh, you'll, you'll hear Kevin Clark our buddy came on last week and talked about James Wiseman that was last week yeah he, wow. he neglected to tell us that he was writing an article about James Wiseman I thought the conceit of him coming on was just like I met James Wiseman at the mall mm-hmm. for five minutes and then like Kevin assumes like, that we read to, yeah. what he writes yeah. <laughs> Big mistake, Kevin. Big mistake. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, go check all that stuff out. Um, on today's program, Tate, we have, oh boy, do we have a doozy of a program lined up for the people. Uh, Jalen Brunson is coming on the show. Um, and if you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, why is Jalen Brunson coming on the show? Join the club. We we were very <laughs> confused by this. I was sitting uh, in, the, in, in our office yesterday. Uh, just researching, trying to find shit to talk about because, you know, it's 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 the end of July in college basketball calendar and there's not, not a ton going on. So I was like, I wonder what we're going to talk about on the show tomorrow. And as I'm doing that, a tweet comes out of the ether mm. from Jalen Brunson that says, yo, at Club Trillion, I want to come on the podcast. Let's have a chat. And um, anyone who's well-versed in One Shining Podcast lore knows why this is a big deal. I feel like Jalen Brunson's close to the top of the list of guys that would be like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, like Crean's got to be up there. Stallings is up there. I don't know who else would be on our list, but uh, Mark, I think Mark Godfrey after last week, uh, getting <laughs> getting getting a tweet from him would uh mm. would make me shit my pants. Um, but uh, we Rick actually Patino, Patino, yeah, be, that's the Rushmore. That would be the Rushmore. Those, those yeah. are the four. Yeah, Stallings right in the middle. As it turns out, we're, we're making a lot of enemies on this show. Is what I'm I'm learning as we're going through this list. Enemies or friends? Who knows? Um, but we are going to talk to Jalen Brunson. He's calling in. We set this up. Um, we we I have no idea. We, we are recording this part that you're listening to before we actually talk to Jalen. So, um, you know, sometimes in podcast magic, we'll record the interview first and then do this part second. We have no idea what we're going to talk to him about, other than like we're going to give him the floor to just rip us to shreds for saying Mikkel Bridges is better than him for an entire season. I'm really hoping that it's just all about Doncic and he's coming on to defend Luca. Yeah. 
No, it would be or awesome. maybe even attack Luca. Yeah, yeah, he's on like Luca. on our side. What if yeah. he comes on? And he's like, I love your guys' show. I loved mm-hmm. how you were ripping on Luca so much. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. And then he Aiden hangs up. should have been the number one pick. <laughs> and then he hangs up. Um, so we'll, we will be doing that today. We're going to be talking to Jalen Brunson. Uh, we're going to talk about a little, some other stuff. There, there are a few notes we want to get to in college basketball. We have another surprise guest at the very end of the show uh, who will not be a fun surprise. It will anger all of you. He is also a villain on this program. So uh, it's, mm. it's like the villain's day. It's not. I, sh- I should. Calm down with the villain. It's not Evan Turner. Um, that's the nickname I gave Evan Turner. It's not him, but it's close in the same vein. So uh, we have we have that coming later. Uh, we will get to all of it, but first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. Out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, it is Tuesday. It is time for another episode here of the podcast uh we kyle is not here kyle is in poughkeepsie is that where kyle's from yes poughkeepsie new york yeah he's back home on vacation uh poor kyle like that's that's his vacation he's like i'm going on vacation next week i'm gonna be off i was like oh where are you going like maui you going to to san diego you going to tijuana that seems like a kyle move to just go to tijuana he just uh, starts busting out laughing as soon yeah. as you say those things he's like yeah. i'm going home to poughkeepsie to mm-hmm. ride wheel scooters and <laughs> smoke cigarettes and <laughs> yes that is what I'm going to do. So we have Evan here, and uh, the reason I want to bring in Evan uh, at, right now is because Evan yesterday was talking about how he wanted to come on, and and he didn't actually want to. He was just he mentioned in passing that he played against Julius Randall, and I was like, you have to share the story on the podcast. So is there is it really a good story? Or no, not? no, it's not much of a story at all. Oh, <laughs> all I can say <laughs> nice, is nice, Evan. Yeah, all right, yeah. that's good. I mean, Jim Cunningham. You know, frequent, we all know frequent Jim. Guests, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he likes to conflate stories and act like it's a bigger oh, deal so than it he actually just, is. You, so so you just basically played one game against Julius Randle? No, I played a couple. Oh, okay. I played club in Plano, Texas. Okay. That's where he's from, and I played the same position as him. Unfortunately, so and you I, had to guard him. Yeah, yeah. I was just this pudgy <laughs> white kid that like was tall, so they just threw me at like the four or the five, depending yeah. on whatever. And I couldn't play down low at all. Like I can't. I had no strength, and he would just absolutely demolish me every single time. <laughs> was this like high, this was junior high, high this school? Was, this was middle school. Oh, so he so was. He was really young. He yeah, wasn't yeah. like dunking on you. No, yet. no, 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 yeah, no, okay. no. Nothing crazy, but it was definitely not fun. Okay. Yeah. Was, I, was he was, talking to you? Like, were you? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, maybe a little bit. I mean, I can't remember too much about it. You know, I was young. But can you get him on the podcast? I could try. A, yeah, I can go to my I, coach, a, yeah. my old club coach, see if he knows me. <laughs> <laughs> Julius, come on the pod and tell us a story. About I love bad sure just basketball stories you yeah. know, from Evan. That's great. You know, just <laughs> yeah. old school, just like church basketball. Yeah, yeah. it was like your home. Down was your home gym a uh, uh, church with like a carpeted floor? No, no, no a it's, co- the carpeted biggest, court? it's the biggest church in the country, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it's with, Texas. Preston yeah, of course. Baptist. Uh, of course. Who's your preacher? Joel Osteen? Yeah. I can't remember. It might have been, honestly. You played the Rockets Arena? Yeah. It's a church gym. <laughs> and now, starting at Power Ford. I forgot it's Texas. Are you aware of like like where I where I grew up um, in the middle of nowhere, Indiana? Not even the town I went to high school in, but like the place I grew up. Like our church, all the churches seem to have carpet floors yes. in the gym. You'd <laughs> have never... like the basket with like a carpet floor. You're, you're aware well, of this, this phenomenon. Yeah, how, how it's the your... wildest thing. I only ever saw it in churches. It was never anywhere else. I'm YMCA's, sure there are but I guess oh, that's, YMCA's. Okay, yeah. that's like it's, the, the C is for Christians. It's like a church. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen for, that before. <laughs> no idea what you guys are. Not right. a Texas thing. We're in the Rockets Arena. Yeah. Well, thanks, Evan. Right, that was a great good. story. Yeah, story time with guys. Evan. Yeah. We'll do that again in six months when you fill in for Kyle again. <laughs> we should set up a game where Julius Randle plays Kyle 101, you know, just to see what that looks like in modern times. That would actually be a great idea of anytime we have a guest that comes into the studio, they play Kyle 101. Yes. In a game to like three or something. And we just film it and put it up on 
social media. And, and yeah, turns out it's all NBA players. Uh, you you read this article that you, you, you want to talk about before we get to Jalen Brunson. Um, and uh, I I read it as well, and I thought it was funny. And tell the people what the article was. Well, I mean, in a time when we cannot find stories uh, and we're trying to conjure up content, we basically have to figure out things that we care about and things that the world cares about and obviously things that Arizona cares about the entire state. So uh, AZ Central, a guy by the name of Matthew Bain, Matthew Bain uh, from the Arizona Republic. Matthew Bain. Matthew Bain. And here we go. Yes. Wait, that's the Joker. Sorry. That's yeah. The one yeah, no, it's in between. <laughs> and uh, here we <laughs> Why Sean Miller, here's the headline. Why Sean Miller and Arizona basketball will survive the recruiting fallout from the mm. NCAA. And of course, we get into this uh, whole story about Arizona obviously was in uh, the initial FBI report when we saw the, the, the flow were they? chart. Yes, they were. Huh. Um, people were saying this. The Yahoo boys reported it, and here we are. So we're at this point in the story where, you know, Arizona things may be coming that look bleak. But, however, um, they're getting top recruits. Well, it is at, at a very, very successful level yeah. since they've had the FBI come after them. And that was deemed, quote unquote, the million dollar question. <laughs> and then it was followed up by no pun intended. So how much money are they paying at people at Arizona? All the recruits are basically saying, you know, what they were accused mm-hmm. of was not a bad thing. Because again, this was the funniest it part. Was of the it was a bag thing. It had the quotes. It had the quotes of the recruits where the guy was like asking the recruit, "How much does Arizona being involved in this stuff matter to you?" And the one kid, I, f- I forget his name. It doesn't matter. I don't. It, I, I don't. It's Adam Miller. All right, you'll mention his name. Um, Four star. He said. He said something. I'm paraphrasing something along the lines of, uh, "It's it's not that bad." I mean, they broke a lot of rules. It's against the rules. It's against the rules, but it's not bad necessarily. And I, I love that quote. That's a great quote. It's like, say yeah. it with me. I misinterpreted <laughs> yes. the rules. I um, misinterpreted no, the, the rules. Reason, the reason this is hilarious and relevant and all that stuff is because, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Tate, the timeline when the NCAA came out and said that six programs are going down. Mm-hmm. Two of them are going to be high profile by early July. We are going to hear about them. Uh, North Carolina State is one. We covered that <laughs> last week in in very classy fashion, talking about Mark Gottfried. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is now July, what is it, the 23rd. Yes. I would I would argue, this is just me talking, I would argue that it is no longer early July, seeing as how there's a week left in this month. Um, and we we have only gotten one name, one school that's been thrown out. So that's interesting. It's almost like every step of this whole thing with the FBI and the NCAA and everything is just a, a crock of shit. And it's just like hyped up to be something and then... The, they drop the ball. That's what I'm starting to think. I'm no starting one, to think that. Yeah, no one cares. That's what we're learning. No <laughs> yeah. one cares. Other than NC State fans who now have actually been given a notice I, of I, Listen, again, I don't mean to pile on NC State fans. It's just, it would objectively be the funniest outcome. I'm sorry. It just it just is. And if you don't see it that way, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. It would be the funniest outcome if no other schools go down for this. If, if the NCAA is like, actually, we changed our mind. We, we're, it's just NC State. That's the only, That's we decided that's the only program that's cheating. We're going to punish them. Because the pack prides that, I mean, Again, I I don't mean to pile on, but at the same time I do. It would just be objectively the funniest fucking thing ever if that's how this all shakes out. <laughs> they are going to repeal from the whole system. You know, they are going to yeah. basically start their own. They go independent, yeah, but like not yes. independent of a conference, like independent of all college. They play no games. They just like scrimmage <laughs> themselves. They form like two teams yes. and they just play themselves over and over, and that's it. And they're they're just like the hell with the NCAA, to hell with 
They secede from like the, the yes. city of Raleigh secedes from America, mm-hmm. and they have, yes, they play in Canada. Why don't yeah, they, they play become, in Canada? They become South Carolina, but of the NCAA. You know what I mean? They just completely secede, uh, become their own independent thing, and then uh, yeah, it'll be good. Uh, yeah, but the whole point of this is that Arizona, they're basically business as usual. Sean Miller, the, the mm-hmm. sweating, the live look, none live of it matters. Sean Miller, he's yeah. not sweating anymore. He's not. No, he's just no. sitting in his office thinking, hey. That was easy. And it is hilarious that how they come up with all these reasons as to why they're still getting all the great recruits. And um, the reasons include like Nico Man, like Nico Mannion is the big recruit who I'm in love with. Uh, he's from Arizona. So there's there's always that. Anytime you're getting a guy from Arizona, you can always mm-hmm. play that card of like, we didn't cheat. He, he's just a hometown kid that wants to play for the hometown team. Um, there's that. And then they're, they're throwing out like all these other schools on the West Coast suck as though like Arizona doesn't suck. You know, mm-hmm. like Arizona was horrible last year. It was they were terrible. And they're still but they're like, well, UCLA had a down year last year. Maybe that's why Arizona is getting all these recruits. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what's going on here. <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. So I don't know. We will see, Tate. All I'm thinking about is college basketball fans just being Randy Marsh going, Stan, Stan, because Stan Wilcox. I mean, he's the one that promised all this. It's just, yeah. you know, come on, just give us the goods. Stan was, uh, yeah, well, we, we covered it. Stan Stan came out guns a-blazing and was like, they were kind of cocky. Him and Emmer in that release, that article they put out, the, the release, whatever, they were, they were kind of cocky. Like, we're going after these guys. They're going down, all that kind of stuff. Same thing with the FBI guys. Like, we know your playbook. There's a lot of bravado. A lot of chicken hawking is what we call it back where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Evan's over there Google chicken hogging. What the hell? Um, but yeah, there's, it's, it's, I don't know. I, nothing's going to happen with, with Sean Miller. I don't think I'm, I really don't think so anymore. I think they're, I think he's going to survive it. I think like, and I think at this point I'm just saying that because I, I feel like if I, if I take that approach of like, nothing's going to happen, then maybe something will happen. Cause this whole time I've been taking the approach of like, something's going to happen. And, and it's led to this. So It anyway. comes back to three words. Release the tapes. Mm-hmm. And they won't do it. That's it. Um, all right, you want to do it? Let's just get into it. Yes. Let's, just, let's just call Jalen. See, let, let's get Jalen Brunson on the phone. I am... Uh, we You're put, nervous. We put it off long enough. I, I am a little nervous. Mm. Um, wh- and why why shouldn't we be, Tate? <laughs> Let, let's set the stage for those who have not listened. Uh, or we'll, we'll do it with Jalen. We'll just set the stage with Jalen. Let's just do it. Let's just jump right in. We're going to talk to Jalen Brunson. Here he is. The 20... 20- 18 National Player of the Year, Jalen Brunson. All right, joining us on the line from, I believe, Chicago, Illinois, close to it, somewhere in the uh, in the Midwest, <laughs> is uh, the 2018 National Player of the Year, two-time national champion, Jalen Brunson. Um, Jalen, I, I have a feeling of why you got on Twitter and said, I want to come on the podcast so I'm just going to turn the floor over to you and let you do a little monologue at the top, and you can say whatever you want to say because, Lord knows, after what we've what we've said over the last year or so, uh, you deserve the floor to just say whatever you want. No, I um, <laughs> I really don't have a lot to say. I wanted to honestly come on the podcast and I wanted to hear everything you had to say, <laughs> everything you and Tay had to say. That's the reason why I wanted to come. I um. I had lunch yesterday with a great friend of mine who happened to be also a uh, Ohio State walk-on, mm-hmm. and I was one of my good friends. So we just had had the idea that I'd uh, call in, uh, chat with you guys, and just talk it up a little bit. So I had, oh. I had no bad blood. I had 
I have. Um, well, that's disappointing. Nothing. Are you are you aware of <laughs> are you aware of your entire National Player of the Year campaign that uh, we were we were doing a thing where we were arguing that Mikael Bridges was better and we were never really taking shots at you. A lot of people when you said that you want to come on the pod, people were saying how I was talking shit about you. We never really talked shit. We just thought it was a Kobe Shaq situation. And uh, I always prefer like the long wings, um, like like Mikhail was. So uh, this became like a running thing with us, where we were making fun of all the uh, the the media people that went nuts for you. And then um, yeah, we we kind it kind of got out of control, Jalen. And for that, I apologize. <laughs> nah, you don't gotta, you don't gotta apologize. Honestly, I agree with you. Mikhail honestly is a way better talented talented. Uh, athlete and player than me he has all the physical tools and everything like that but um but you I got mean, but you got the trophies the, you got the trophy J- though <laughs> J- J- jalen jalen i'm gonna stop you right no, there we, we, we both no, we both got a trophy so that's all i really care about all right, Jalen, I'm going to stop you right there because I'm on your side in this situation. I, I saw uh, not too long ago, there was a, rec- a recruit, I can't remember the, his name off the top of my head, that was going to Villanova. There was a big dunk. You you did the classic quote tweet, like, looking like me out there. And then, you know, Bridges comes back, Mikel Bridges comes back, claps back at you, and then you get him hard. You're like, it's funny that the 10th pick is supposed to be a defensive stopper, but you can't stop me. And so, Jalen, in, th- in that sense, you know what I mean? I'm thinking... You are the better player, but you were just a savvy vet. You know what I mean? And you were at the point where it, it's team first, not Jalen first. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't have to do everything like you did when you were a freshman and uh, when you won it in 2016. Am, am, I, am I on the right track there? Or are you going to be humble again? No. I, but whenever <laughs> me and Mikhail are in the gym together, obviously we we battle. We, uh, we, uh, we go at each other's heads and stuff. I mean, it's it's no... There's no love loss. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're trying to kill each other. We're playing on the court. But, uh, I mean, besides that, he's obviously my, my brother off the court. But uh, when it comes to on-the-court stuff, when he's on the opposite team, um, I'm trying to kill him. <laughs> Every, no, matter, no matter who it is, I'm, I'm trying to win the game. I'm trying to be the best player on the court. Okay, so give us, give us your power rankings then of the 2018, uh, your 2018 team, Villanova, um, of who all the best players were because – that's what made you guys so great was that game to game, it didn't matter who someone else stepped up. I mean, you, th- this was another joke we, we, we loved making or, or an observation we made. Like, you guys were so good that, Jalen, you're the national player of the year. You're the best player in college basketball. And the only game all season that you didn't score double figures was the national championship, and you still blew the doors off of Michigan because your team was just so stacked. And uh, Dante had, obviously, a, a massive game in that one. Um so it felt like every time you guys took the floor, someone knew it was good. It became like a running joke with us where we're like, who even is the best player on this team? Um, how, do you, how do you see it? I, w- I want the definitive power rankings from someone who was declared a national player of the year and should have himself at number one. Who, like, where, where does Spellman fit in? Where does Dante fit in? How do you see this? Put your neck out there. Okay, well, okay. I'm going to give you the complete honest answer. If all of us thought we were the best player on that team, we all thought we were the best player. Even Dante thought he was the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. If we didn't, if we didn't have that mindset that we were the best player on the team, we wouldn't be able to have nights that each of us did throughout the year. Um, we all stepped up at different times and had big moments and carried and put the team on their back. We all, we every single one of us had games like that where that was we, they were the go-to player. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily a ranking of who is now the best player. It's just like we all had that mindset. So whoever had it going, we were like, all right, well, it's his turn. He has it. And that's just how we rolled. 
So, so with that, uh, as you're entering the 2018 tournament, was it obvious to you guys that you were just going to destroy everybody? Be honest with you, no. We we knew that we were pretty good. We knew we had a chance, but I mean, we never really focused on what it would be like in the beginning of the tournament. At least, what it would be like if we really won this thing again. We were just like, all right, we had the first game here. We had Radford. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just shine. Let's just shine. You know, obviously win this game. Let's just play as hard as we can. Let's get this done. And then each game, we just kept getting. I just kept moving on and on and on. And obviously, once we got the national championship. Our, our focus still wasn't let's win the national championship. Let's say we, let's just win this game. Let's just do it for each other. I mean, we never had a a selfish mindset, and then I think that's what made us great. That's what made us. Uh, that's what separated us. Do you think uh, the year before going up against Wisconsin, and of course, remember the Nigel Hayes, he does the the Jordan baseline spin move, and that game happens in the second round. You you come off the national title, you lose in the second round, despite all the expectations going in, into that tournament. So did that play a role going into 2018? Because it seemed like there was no foot off the gas at any point. You know what I mean? You guys were pretty much going all the way through every single game. There was no looking ahead. Like you were saying, it was one game at a time. But did that Wisconsin game play a role in that at all? Because it's sort of the same thing in 2015 going into 2016 a little bit. You know, I think, for, well, for me, like after my freshman year, Obviously, we won it that year, and then losing my sophomore year, I honestly realized how hard it was to play in the NCAA tournament because you literally can be done at any point. So I really got the taste of the NCAA tournament my sophomore year. So then, for me, just being uh, one of the captains and the leaders of, of that next year, I was just like, okay, well, that can't happen again. We can't have a <laughs> mental lapse early. We got to be focused the entire time, and then. Um, Towards the end of the regular season, we kind of got uh, woken up a little bit. We lost, we lost a couple of games, and then um, I think that just really woke us back up, and we got right to it. What was uh What was more fun to be a part of the Kansas game in the Final Four when uh, T- Tate and I were there? We had watched the Michigan Loyola game, and then I think we stepped out to go. We just like went to the concession stand, basically. Yeah, basically. And we got caught up in, in foot traffic and it was kind of crowded in the arena. By the time we made it to the, our seeds for your guys' game starting, it was already over. Uh, you'd hit like, it, you guys were up like 20 to start the game. It was basically over at that point. And then it just got, you kept thinking like at some point you're going to miss and you never did. Um, and, and as that was happening, everyone was calling back to 2016 Final Four game against Oklahoma when you did basically the exact same thing to Buddy Heald after after that team had beaten you guys earlier in the year in Hawaii. Um, what was more fun for you to be a part of? Because uh, both of those games looked like, like my God, could it be any more fun to play basketball when you're making everything? I'll be honest with you, the Kansas game was, was so fun just because we didn't miss. I, yeah. I honestly, we didn't miss. We didn't miss. But playing the Oklahoma game, especially losing to them, by like 20 in the beginning of the year. I think that was probably a little more special because we played Oklahoma and Hawaii um, earlier that year in 2016. So we flew from Philly to Hawaii and basically got our ass kicked. And that was awful. From mm-hmm. Philly to Hawaii flight, I just for one game, that's awful. So we went coming back to um, playing them in the Final Four and being like whatever we did in the 40 something. I think that's that actually is probably more special than just beating Kansas the way we did. Yeah, that whole run, man, the, the 2018 run, that's what I said. It felt like you guys, even when you beat Michigan to win the title, I mean, you obviously celebrated and it was fun and all that, but 
it almost felt like you guys were like, that's it. That's, that's all it was. It was, you, there was never a close game. We, we have a, we're, we're good friends with Duncan Robinson. He comes on our show every so often. He was just on a couple weeks ago at yeah. summer league. And um, he told us last year when we were talking to him about playing in that game against you guys that that, that basically from the from Michigan's perspective, like five minutes into the game, they were just like, "Shit, this is gonna be a long night." Um, so it it was just it was just unbelievable to watch that. I I I don't know. I don't really I don't really have a question with this. I just I just feel like there's just something about like being on a team like that that just must be I, I don't know. Just like, are, are were yeah, you were I mean, you aware of it as you're going through like the whole run? Like, this is a historic thing that's happening. That this is, um, people are going to look back on this even in 50 years and be like, God damn, Villanova just destroyed everybody on the path to the title. I, I mean, when when I think about that, I mean, I just really remember um, just like the, the, the days in between those games when like we're all together and we're um, not even worrying about. What, what's going to happen? I mean, we're just worrying about each other, making sure, making sure we're focused, not really thinking we're about to blow things out. Then we look back at it, it's like, holy, like we just, no game was close. Everything yeah. was double digits. Like it was, now that I look back on it now, it's pretty, pretty crazy. But during the, during the whole run, we, none of us thought about it. Like we were just like, all right, next game, let's go. Like we didn't even care how much we won by. We were just like, all right, next game we go. Even the West Virginia game when we played, the 216, we didn't even realize that it was a 12-point game. We felt like it was like a two-one-position game, and all of a sudden we went by 12. We were just, uh-huh. It was crazy. That's Huggy Bear for you. I have to ask, Jalen, obviously you're you're lucky enough to be on two national championship runs, both as a freshman in 2016 and in 2018. But I kind of want to talk a little bit more about 2016. Uh, I went to the University <laughs> of North Carolina. Uh, you were a part of one of the greatest plays in probably college basketball history, especially in the 21st century. Uh, the play, Archie Diacono, t- tossing it back to Chris Jenkins, who obviously was so close to Nate Britt, uh, and having Chris Jenkins splash that three after Marcus Page just made a miraculous shot to tie it. Just that moment in general, I mean, what was more, is it is it more fun to blow out Michigan and win by 17, or is it more electric to have a moment where all things sort of come and it coronates in such a special moment for obviously Coach Wright and obviously for all you guys, and then just to be a freshman in that moment. I mean, how how much do you reflect on that, or did you know maybe the the twenty eighteen you know stay closer in your mind just because it was closer in time? Well, I'll be honest with you. I think the twenty sixteen was definitely the most electric, like you said, but the most fun was definitely just smacking teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that. Fun. Uh, but like, as, as a freshman, as a freshman, being like a, a role player on that team and having that experience, that was definitely like fun. Something I always remember. But being a leader and being like one of those guys that people hold you accountable and count on on a on the championship team, I think that's just a little more special to me, knowing that I was able to be a leader and get that done. Uh, I want to talk about your recruitment, um, just specifically. Yeah. Why you're you're from Chicago area? Why did you not go to Illinois? This is this is a question I I ask. I'm fascinated with this. Anybody that's from Indiana, why did you not go to IU? And anyone from like Illinois, why did you not go to Illinois? And why does nobody go to Illinois? Um, well, quite frankly, I don't know why uh, a lot of people don't go to Illinois. I actually really enjoyed my visit in Illinois. I enjoyed the the whole recruitment process with them. I um, honestly, I just. I felt more at home in Villanova, and I went when I went to my visit and um, got to honestly meet the guys, 
and uh, meet the team and um, just be around them. I just I just saw myself you know, really being a part of that. I just really loved what they had to offer. And not that Illinois didn't have anything great to offer. They did. They had a great team. They had a, a coach that I really admired at the time, a coach Gross. And, um, but just for me, I just felt more at home when I went to Villanova. And uh, honestly, being from South Jersey, I was born in South Jersey. I lived there for most of my life. And so having my family move back to uh, New Jersey after I graduated, Nova was only about 40 minutes away. So mm. just having them close, close to school and, and being close to home obviously wasn't a bad, bad decision for me also. I like that. You can play the I'm not actually from Illinois card. That's a, that's a good one. Um, it's, I live in Illinois. I, I I consider Illinois home for me. Yeah, but I'm not necessarily from here. Uh, so, so I can't. So do you have any regrets about your decision? Do you feel like your career at Villanova worked out, or do you? <laughs> no, I feel like my my career at Nova definitely was a failure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. No, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. I, not even if even if uh, we didn't win anything, I didn't win any awards. Uh, the relationships I made um, are going to last a lifetime. So See, this I, is, I would never trade that. For this anything. is exactly why you won all the awards because of this mindset. This is why everybody loved you when you were at Villanova. It was like, listen, we don't know if he's actually the best player. You know, as far as NBA draft prospects, we'll probably take some other guys at Villanova ahead of Jalen. But man, he's the heart and soul, and he's the and and it's all true, and that's what makes college basketball great. Guys like you. Um, I found this on your Wikipedia page as we were prepping for this. Uh, and and I I I I have to ask you about it. Um, it says that yeah. in in your junior year of high school, you played Jaleel Okafor. You dropped fifty six points on his team in the state tournament and lost, and then flipped off the crowd. <laughs> uh, is this a true story? Um. Okay, let me tell, let me <laughs> let me explain this. Let me explain this. Technically, so, yes, but <laughs> but let me give you the story. Honest, the the picture I guess doesn't tell the story. It just shows my fingers. Your finger. So we're down four with about thirty seconds left, and um, I get fouled. And I'm coming to come up the court. I get fouled, and I shoot a three, and I make it. And so down in in the fourth quarter. So we make it. I'm like, all right, perfect. We're about to tie this game. About to make the free throw, and the left raves it off. Like it just, it just it says no basket, whatever. And I like turn around. I like scream into my arms, and I yell. I yelled WTF. I'm just like, what the hell just happened? And like, I threw my hands in the air and like, I came down and I'm like, all right, well, we got to figure out how to win it, whatever. So obviously we go on to lose the game. But, um, literally at the time, I didn't realize what happened. Nobody in the stands realized what happened. No one, no coaches came up to me on the opposing team or my team saying, why did you do that? Like, no, no one said anything. There was no crowd reaction. There was no nothing. Even the slow-mo replay on the live television thing, no one said anything about it. So the next day, my um, my AD from Stevenson, Trish Bethauser, she comes and knocks on my door because we had a third-place game the next day. We had a third-place game because we lost in the Final Four. And she knocks on the door and she says, "Um, yeah, you you just got suspended. With the game today, I said, "What do you mean? Like I didn't do anything. I did like I did nothing. I literally had the game of my life, played my heart out, and then all of a sudden I get suspended. Like she shows me a picture, and I'm like, yo, that's fake. Like I didn't do that. Like that's fake. That's flat up fake. Fake news. And so, 
literally that's that's what I thought. Actually, no, no, no. Sorry, I, I missed the part. I missed the part. That night, that night, that picture was posted on the guy who took the picture. He posted it on his personal Twitter account. Mm. Posted on his personal Twitter account, and then and my mom, my mom showed me. I remember that now. My mom showed me. She's like, "Did you do this?" I was like, "No, I didn't do that." Like, no, I would never do something like that. It's just not me. That's not my character. And then. The next day, the eighty knocks on my door. And says, "Yeah, you just got to send it." That I was like, "Well, we have to appeal it, but I didn't do it." So we appealed it. I, I just said, "Like obviously, that night, or that day, I tweeted. I said, sorry that for that picture, that doesn't show like the uh, me as a person. That just it's just it's a false image, basically." And then, so I'm going. I'm going to the uh, IHSA, which is the Illinois Basketball High School Association, whatever it is. And then they're basically telling me, well, why did you tweet? You're sorry about it. And I basically finessed it and said, hey, Twitter only gives me 140 characters. I'm a 16-year-old kid trying to polish or something I didn't do. Like, how am I, like, how am I supposed to react in the situation? Mm-hmm. And so we talked, and my parents were there. The AD was there. The superintendent was, like, drove down from Stevenson to do all that, like, to help us. And then, obviously, I got reinstated. My team... I had great teammates. My team wasn't going to go on in the court unless I was reinstated into the game. So literally seven minutes before the game started, like the other teams warm me up, and then we get I get reinstated, and then we go out, warm up and play. We win the play place game. But literally, I don't, I have no recollection, recollection of doing that in the game. Was your teammate not going to go on the court as an act of solidarity or because they realized they're screwed without you? Was it like, we might as well just forfeit if you can't play? <laughs> also, like, why why were you even playing another game? Wasn't this in the state tournament? Like, if you lost, why were you playing again? Yeah, well, first, no. My team actually did not need me. They were better, probably better without me. Oh, come on. The second. The second. I scored 56 Jalen just agreed with us that he wasn't the best player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. He's like, I want to talk about it. Jalen wanted to come on the podcast and be like, I just wanted, I just wanted to reiterate, you guys were absolutely right the whole time. Like, I suck. <laughs> I won well, Mr. Basketball. Opinion. I scored 56 points on Jaleel Okafor's team. But and, yeah, I suck. But, you know, I'm horrible. <laughs> I like it. And then what was I about to say? They, um, yeah, they played a third place game, which we didn't want to play anyway. But mm. I mean, that's what they did now. I mean, that's what they still do, I guess, because uh-huh. the team, four teams are down there. So I have to ask you. Uh, you know, you talked about uh, your parents. Obviously, they were very involved. Your parents went to Temple. So Titus and I yeah. we talk about the Big Five and, and you know what the relevancy point is now. You know with the Big Five, how much do people have invested in it? Obviously, you go to a different Big Five school in Villanova, win two national titles, and Villanova has basically dominated this iteration of the Big Five over the past decade at least. Um, so I mean, how much did that play? Did, did that matter to you at all, or was you know was that something that you had to the tell Big your five? parents? I yeah, want, yeah. I want to phrase ahead. it like this, Jalen. Sell me on the Big Five as a guy who grew up in the Midwest. I I've been to Philadelphia once in my life. And I, I really, really want to love the concept of the Big Five because it seems so cool. And everyone from Philadelphia just talks about how, like, playing in the Palestra is like the, the coolest thing. It's the old Big East of yeah. Philadelphia. Yes. It has this lore about it, but mm-hmm. like, I just can't get into it because yeah. you guys kick everyone's ass every year that it just kind of is anticlimactic for me. Yeah. Well, the Big Five is huge. And obviously, the, um, even though that'd be kind of, I didn't lose a game. In the big five, my two years, like, it was still like a rivalry. It was still a rivalry no matter what. And so, but when my parents are there, like my dad, like 
whenever I ask my dad, he's like, yeah, no, we never lost to Villanova. Like, like whenever you talk about the big five and you play like St. Joe's or LaSalle or Temple or Penn, like all of a sudden you get like an attitude, like you get like a certain like swagger about yourself. Like you said, oh, like, I'm like, dad, did you ever lose to like uh, Penn? Or like, no, we never lost those games. Like, never. Like, we, we ran the big five. Like, like he like all of a sudden just like changed his whole mentality and was like, no, like, we never did that. Like, just a question. Man. I'm not trying to <laughs> boost your ego or anything. I'm just asking you know, like how the big five games were like, basically, they're really competitive. Man. They're, they, even though we, we won every game, like, we, there were a couple games that we, we were dog fights in. A lot of the games are dog fights, and we just happened to uh, play better in the last couple of minutes, last couple of possessions. Um, but honestly, it's it's fun because every game sold out, every every chant and every um, student section is firing at you. They're saying whatever at you, especially when I played at Temple. Whenever I played at Temple, it was the probably the worst crowd I could be mm-hmm. in for me personally because I was in my parents. And um, they wanted me to go there, but it was, it's, it's something special. I think it, it didn't get as much recognition as it should because um, just, I think college basketball is growing in other aspects. But in Philly, that's a huge deal. Like, even when with Coach Wright, like when Coach Wright would say, Hey, we're playing Temple, he always talks about how every game uh, is just the next game. Like, it, should, it shouldn't matter more that like, it's a championship or it's a big five game. Like every game is just another game for us to play for each other. But he, I could sense that he had a little something for him too. He had a little swagger on him too. Definitely. I, I think the problem is there's only ever one really, really great team in Philly at one time. And we need to get, we need to figure out a way to, like St. Joe's obviously back in the day. Jameer Nelson, Delonte West, like they had great teams. Temple's had some pretty good teams, yep. but there's never been like a year where like Temple and St. Joe's and Villanova are all like really great, and and then it becomes fascinating to to someone like me who's not from there. Um, I don't know. It feels like I mean this respectfully. Uh, it, it's not going to sound respectful, but it feels like almost high school basketball. Whenever I watch those Big Five games, like because as you the, the, all the schools are so close to each other, all the stu- like the students. I, I imagine the student sections are like very personal with their insults that they throw at people, and um, it does seem cool. I really, oh, really yeah. want to get are, into they it. Are, yeah, they are ruthless. They are ruthless. Mm-hmm. They are ruthless. I remember. I have a funny story. They had. Um, I remember our freshman year we played at St. Joe's, and then. Um, this is a, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. So we're playing at St. Joe's and uh, my teammate, Dante DiVincenzo, um, probably he, he went to a Catholic school. So in Delaware, so he definitely has some kids that went to his high school, go to St. Joe's, which is another Catholic school. So I'm, I'm guessing that's, that was the connection. All of a sudden it said, there's a sign in the student session that says, Hey, free cheesesteaks, call this number. It was Dante's cell phone number. <laughs> and Dante was getting called asking for free six for the next like week and a half, two weeks. Oh my god. And I'm like, yo, this is this is this is nothing to play with. You know, this is this is serious. Oh my god. That's great. Um I, I wanna ask you this. Who who do you model your game after? Because uh you uh you have a very unconventional game. You you back guys down, you pump fake a lot. Um Maybe that's why I never really uh, appreciated you as much as I probably should have at Villanova. Because I was, I I watch you and and you you represent like a guy like the way you sort of play. You make it feel like guys like me could do that. 
I just, I'm just not doing that. I'm like, yeah, I could back guys down and pump fake and move the ball and, and then just make every shot I take. Wait, that, that part, not as much. Um, so who, who has your like growing up, you have a very unique game. Who, who are you watching and trying to model your game after? Yeah. Before I answer that, like basically what you just said about like being able to have people think that they can do exactly what I can do. is honestly what I, um, what I envision for kids to have that, that mindset. Like when I have my camps, the camp I'm having now this week in my high school or the camp I had at Villanova a couple of weeks ago, that's basically what I want kids to have that mindset. Like, Hey, like I don't have to be a six, eight, freshly long athletic kid to make it an NBA. I can be myself. I can just be skilled. I can work on my game and mm-hmm. be the best player I can be as long as I work at it. And so the fact that you said that actually just, that actually is pretty special for me to hear. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Oh, but I'll come I, to the camp. Um, Let me come to the camp. I want to take your camp. I, I want to play like you. <laughs> it's not too late. You, you I may, still got a few years you, left. You may not, you may not fit the age criteria. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I meddled. I, my favorite player of all time is Steve Nash. Uh-huh. Um, he is my favorite player since I was a little kid. Obviously my dad has a lot of influence on my game because he's been my trainer since Lord knows when. Um, I really do like how CP3 plays. Um, I'm a, I've, I'm a, I've been a really big fan of him for a long time. But uh, I just try and just, I like watching basketball. I just like watching basketball and picking up certain things other players do. I may not have the athleticism that some players, but like the little things, how they set up guys, how they, yeah, you know, how they use like their shot face, how they use like angles to get to the basket, like. Even the most athletic guys are very fundamental. So I just love watching how they use their fundamentals to you know, make things a lot easier for them. So I just I love picking up things from different players. And Jalen, you met Steve Nash, right? When you were like nine years old, that was one of the big pivotal things that you said. I mean, it seems like Steve Nash has his hand in the cookie jar with a lot of players, whether it be Kevin Durant, there's the R.J. Barrett godson mm-hmm. angle. So what what is it about Steve Nash that makes uh, great basketball happen around him? Is it is it all Steve Nash? Um, I think it's his mentality. Uh, I think I, if I can compare myself, uh, like my mindset and the way I think I, I work to be the best player I can be, I can compare it to Steve because he, he's not the most athletic. He obviously wasn't the biggest. He definitely was doubted all the time throughout his come up. And then he's a guy that wins two MVPs. Um, and you can't say that's all pure athleticism or pure, like, talent like he obviously has a little talent but he works with it and I honestly admire that about him and that's, I think that's why he's my favorite player because I can use what he's done to make it my own and now just like Steve you're the you know I have the chance to be the point guard for the Dallas Mavericks I mean that's uh it's pretty epic there you go it pretty, special. Special. pretty yeah. special what's uh what's what's Mark Cuban like have you done a Shark Tank pitch to him yet <laughs> do you have a Shark Tank idea to- uh no no, I have not. I have not. I still got. I still got to think of a good enough thing to uh, come up with. But, will you, will you, I, I got. A, I got a pitch for you. Pitch. You can go in on my idea because you have the access to him. Um, and I have the idea, and we can we can start a partnership here and get his money, and we'll we'll go with it. Let's hear it. So you know, uh, you know how all these like there are all these streaming services that exist now. Like it used to be just Netflix, and then now we have like the Hulu's and the the like Disney has their own thing, and like there's just we're starting to get to a point where you're gonna have to pay for 10 different streaming services to watch all the shows you want. Um, so, so what's happening is all the people that aren't rich 
basically just they share the accounts and we all have like our friends like my friend has a Disney Plus account and this other guy has an HBO login so I want to create a dating app but instead of dating it's just for you're trying to find someone who has a like a, a Hulu login and you had you, you put on your you put on your profile you're like I have a Netflix login I'll share with you if you share your Hulu with me and then you swipe left and right on based on that and then yeah it's a dating app but for but for streaming services what do you think, Jalen? Jalen, you're, you're, you're quiet. Well, I don't like this. Here's the thing. Yeah. I didn't know where the hell you are going with that. That's actually a pretty good idea. There we go. Yes. Yes. That's actually a pretty good idea. I was so confused where this was going. But that was, that's not bad. Yeah, like who wants to spend that's like $300 on every streaming service? Like I'll just take care of a couple of them, but I don't need... Like if I have Netflix, I don't need a friend that has Netflix. Like that's too much Netflix. I need a guy that's got the HBO and then, yeah. So, but I need to find them out there. Yeah, it's, it's genius. It's yeah, we'll, that is great. We'll workshop wow. it. We'll, we'll we'll put some together and 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 present it to Cuban. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so we have to ask now. We have to get to actual guys on your team. Uh, another guy that we yeah. have not talked. Uh, I mean, we we haven't been too bad. It's the but same thing. It's, it's the, the same it's thing. The same. Yeah, we weren't so, mean to him. We were just. Yeah, we, we, had, we had some comments. So uh, Luka Doncic is, uh, you know, a fan favorite in Dallas, a fan favorite, I'm sure, of Mark Cuban. I'm sure uh, a fan favorite of yours or, you know, you like having him on your team. Obviously, people are excited about KP being there now. Uh, but I did find something funny, and I'm, I enjoyed going through your Twitter and your banter back and forth. You do a great job. Uh, but someone tweeted, how annoying is Luka Doncic on a scale of 1 to 10? Jalen Brunson, your answer, 77. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. I thought it was he, good. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty clever. Luca, Luca is still twenty years old. He was nineteen. He was nineteen last year. Turned twenty. So, me being twenty-two, about to be twenty-three, I was just like, "This kid's so young." I said, like, "Did I used to act like this when I was 19? I, like, I definitely, I mean, I definitely did. I definitely did, but he's he's not bad. He just plays the same playlist every time he gets into the, the arena or the practice facility. So that might be the most annoying thing he does. Does he smoke cigarettes? Don't if the answer no. If the answer is no, <laughs> damn it. Don't tell, I, I've I've pictured Luca like as Luca was coming out of uh, coming into the draft and everyone was talking about it. And I would watch his highlights on YouTube. I just, I, I just envision him just ripping heaters in in the locker room at halftime. And I, I don't know why. It just like fit that fit his aesthetic to me. It was just him just smoking cigarettes at halftime in these European locker rooms. <laughs> so I need a confirmation. I don't know what what's on the playlist. What is he listening to every single time? He he listens to Bad Bunny every day. <laughs> Every single day. Man, Bad Bunny and Jay Balvin would be exactly what I would hope for Luka Doncic. He just wants to be in the club. Uh, every day. I'm just like, yo, can we... And then like, if I change it, if I change the song, or if I, someone else put something on, like everyone walks away from like the music iPad or whatever, and all of a sudden, you just see him back on it, and all of a sudden, the music changes. It was like, all right, no, just forget it. Like, <laughs> just forget it. Let him, let him play or whatever. Who grew up soon? Uh, who, who's who's Lucas starting over on Villanova? But we'll put it that way. Instead, of, we we kept asking who's the best player on Villanova. If Luca, because one one of the jokes we kept making, because uh, uh, here's here's the background with our Lucas stuff was as he was coming out of the draft, we noticed that everyone loved him, but no one actually could say why. They just knew that they were supposed to love him. So Tate and I were making fun of how no one ever actually watched this guy play. They just were told he's they're supposed to think he's good. 
Um, and it was hilarious to us. So then we started leaning into that and saying that like Luca wouldn't even start on half the teams in college and, and just started, you know, we were being idiots because that's what we do best. Um, so let's, let's phrase it that way. Who, who's Luca starting for on Villa? He's probably starting over Pascal. It's got to be Pascal. Mm-hmm. Let's just move on. Yeah, let's yeah. Just we'll, move on. We don't, we don't, we'll, we'll answer that one for you, Jalen. We'll answer that one for you. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, if that's what y'all think, uh, I don't think he's starting for us. Jalen's like, I, oh, like he oh, I don't think he's starting for us. Yes, that's what I wanted you to say, Jalen. Yes. That's, I don't think he's I don't think he's starting for us. There we go. Yes. That's the headline. That is that is what we want. It's <laughs> exactly what I wanted you to say. Um all right, well, we're we're gonna let you go to uh I had a few more questions. Um do you like watching Virginia? Uh, UVA watching yeah. them play. Yeah, like I feel, I feel like Villanova and Virginia are two sides of the same coin in college basketball. Just in terms of like the culture, like the the coaches are both handsome and like very charming and and seem like very cool dudes. Um, you you, you kind of do it a different way with the recruiting, with the just every the, the way both those programs carry themselves. Is, the only difference seems to be that you guys like scoring and Virginia doesn't. But otherwise, it's like it sort of feels like culturally it's a very similar vibe when you compare it to like the Dukes and Kentuckys of the world. So like, do you enjoy watching? But the problem is everyone thinks Virginia is boring. So like, do you appreciate the culture they have? Or are you like, no, I agree. It's actually boring because I like I like scoring a lot of points. Um, well, I think Virginia is definitely similar to us, like in the culture aspect. Um, honestly, I love Tony Bennett. I love the style of coaching. Like he's a, he's a great coach. He's, um, he brings, uh, obviously he brings the people he wants to bring in. He won't just go recruit people because of the top five or top 10, whatever. He's going to bring the guys in. He brings that he thinks fits the culture. And I think coach Wright does the same thing. Um, obviously they're more, they're more of a defensive minded team and they slow the pace down a little bit, but they, they do score because they, they're more efficient than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, watching them, it's just like, wow, like these guys play at their own pace. They score when they want to score. They give stops every time down the court. It's, it's, it's actually pretty fun to watch, even though it may not be the up and down, fast paced type of game. Like you just know something's going to happen every possession for them. They also had the uh, they had the same thing you guys had going on going into 2016, which is this perception as just being chokers and like their style can never work. And I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure you're, you're aware of this your freshman year that, that, Coach Wright was thought of as like a huge choker in the NCAA tournament and can't ever make it to the Sweet 16 and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. th- th- there's that parallel as well that just like every you're a choker all the way up until you're not. Now we're the national champions. Suck on this. We're better than all of you. Um, the thing is, I, re- I remember like after we won that and then 2017, like all of a sudden everyone's saying, "Oh wait, they can't do it." That yeah, it was, was a just flirt. one lucky year. They flirt. can't. He's I'm gonna- just I'm just like. It is so it's so crazy how the narrative just changes so fast. Like it's just it's crazy. I mean, people still do that with like UConn. UConn won four titles, and they're like, "Well, some of them are fluky." And it's, it's like, how many titles do you have to win to for, for it to not be, to be for not to, yeah. Jay Wright's going to retire in twenty years with like seven championships. Be like, well, are we sure? <laughs> are we sure that he's he's the worst seven time national champion coach of all time? I'll say that. <laughs> uh, everyone, everyone just. Everyone just finds something to yeah, just to, to find a negative. They just uh, find the negative. This is my last question. It, it might be a weird one, but uh, I'm, I was always fascinated by this. Um, why why does Villanova suck when you guys play Butler? Like, what is it about Butler that it, it's it's so fascinating to me? Like, no matter how good you guys are, 
or how bad I, I don't think it was true this year. I think he smacked Butler around this year. But no matter how bad Butler is, I feel like Butler always plays you guys well, especially at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Yeah, first of all, Hinkle's a crazy place to play at. It's one of my favorite places to play because of the history and obviously it's a it's a shooting gym. Like we never played terrible there. Like we never played terrible. They just played out of their mind. Mm-hmm. Like like I remember the game we lost um in twenty eighteen, my last year, like we scored ninety three points. That's like hundred and forty in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like the way, like we, like we scored ninety three points and we shot pretty well from the field. They just shot sixty percent from three. Like, like what else? Like what else should we do? Yeah. Like it's just like it's something about like we just they they had a number. It's, there's always one team. There's always one team's kryptonite, and then they they had it for a couple of games, and then obviously we got over it. We're like, all right, we know what to do now. We're good. This goes this goes all the way back to even before you got there. It's there's just something about like every time Butler's playing Villanova, I know it's going to be a good game. A lot of it's confirmation bias. Yeah. Like I said, I'm pretty sure this year at in, in Philly, Villanova beat the hell out of Butler. But uh I don't know. I I, I feel like there's been like seven no, it, great games it, it, between it's Butler. Definitely, it's definitely been happening for a while. Like they've had some great coaches. They had Holtman, who's at Ohio State now. Mm-hmm. They had they have Lavelle Jordan now. And obviously before that they had um uh Brad Stevens. Like they, they've always had great coaches in the, the the culture and the style that they bring in with their the coaching staff. Like it just fits, it fits their system, it fits their players, and they do well with it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I will say one last thing before we go. Can you just tell me one thing about Phil Booth because he is, uh, in my opinion, the best player on Villanova. Tate, and Tate, what Tate really means is he hates Phil Booth. There's not, there's not a week that goes by that Tate doesn't just like shake his head and he's like, "How did Phil Booth score twenty points? Twenty points off the bench, six for seven from the field, six for six from the free throw line." He, Tate, Tate, I, I guess, yeah. I, I guess that's what we do in national championships. We <laughs> let our off the bench players just dominate. That's what we do. Tate is like he's the one everyone wants to talk about the Jenkins shot and Tate just yeah, like I only care Phil about Booth. Phil Booth I was like who is this and where did he come from I thought you guys signed him like the week before I was like what the hell is happening and uh, yeah so Phil Booth's amazing you're great Jalen appreciate you thank coming you so on. much Jalen um, we, we really do appreciate it we'll have you back on at some point we we, we want to talk about your we didn't mean to gloss over the NBA stuff you, you had 34 points in a game this year as a rookie that's insane you, you realize you never even yeah. scored that much in a at, in at Villanova you already have eclipsed your uh, no. college career high. That is, that is crazy. That's what that I'm saying. Crazy. The starting point guard for no, the Dallas no, Mavericks. I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, it was, uh, it's, it's been a long time coming, I guess you could say that. It has been a long time coming. You were way too nice to us. Be prepared for people on Twitter to be disappointed that you didn't come at our next like we deserve. Um, but that's the kind of guy you are. No, that's that's okay. why you're a national I mean, player. He's I mean, a good guy. I, I, I still have... Let's just say I still got some ammo. I just, I just, I haven't used it yet. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll, we'll have you back on. You can, you can throw, throw whatever you want at us. We appreciate it, man. <laughs> all right. I appreciate you guys. Thank all right. You. See you, man. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Roman. With two-thirds of guys experiencing noticeable hair loss by age 35, most guys assume losing their hair is inevitable as they age. Some don't care. Some shave their head. Some embrace hats. But what they don't know is that there are FDA-approved medications designed to stop hair loss and even regrow hair. That's why we're excited to partner with our sponsor, Roman. Roman makes it easy to get safe, FDA-approved hair loss treatment, all from your phone or computer. And when you go to GetRoman.com shining, your online visit is free. 
consult with a U.S. licensed physician through their secure online platform. No awkward conversations with receptionists or reading bad magazines in the waiting rooms. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, Roman's dedicated pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping and discreet packaging. If you're noticing unwanted hair loss, starting treatment early is the key, and Roman can help. And today, Roman is giving One Shining Podcast listeners a free online visit at GetRoman.com slash Shining. That's GetRoman.com slash Shining for a free visit to get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash Shining. Back to the podcast. All right, thank you to Jalen Brunson for doing that. That went, Tate, very differently than I expected it to. He's professional. He is a professional basketball player. He did not get cornered by us at all. Uh, I mean, there were other things I wanted to bring up, but again, he said he would come back on. I wanted to bring up that his dad lost to the Fab Five. You know, they lost to— And then named his son Jalen. Yeah, and then had his son beat Michigan in the national title. Wow! Genius. My God, there's Mm -hmm. layers to this stuff. Uh, Yeah, that's why when when I started the interview— I just assumed that he just wanted to come dunk on us. And I was like, yeah, the floor is yours. Please, by all means, just say whatever you like. Lord knows we deserve it uh, for for everything we've said. I, I just want to remind the audience, the first year we did the Duffies, which was last year, mm-hmm. um, the, <laughs> we gave out the Duffy Award for the National Player of the Year. And the two nominees were Jalen Brunson and not Jalen Brunson and not Jalen Brunson won. <laughs> it was crazy. The Academy shocked Look us all. Look how far we've come. Yes. <laughs> we had Jalen Brunson on the card and then it was turned out to be not Jalen Brunson. No, I think he gets it. I think he gets it. Like, um, Oh, he gets it. Yeah, I think he gets I it. I think he didn't dunk on us. It was a nice like feathery finger roll. High, he took the high road. Yes. He's like, yeah. yes. He's like, a lot of arc on it. Yeah, yeah, he he knew exactly what well he played, but uh, yeah, he, he's he's awesome. We we will definitely have to have him back on, especially as uh as things unfold in Dallas and mm. and Luca's out there doing Luca things. Um, all right, moving on. We <laughs> we we have another special guest that's going to come on the podcast, and his name is John Diebler, and we are going to talk to him about a couple things. Tate, number one, uh, the basketball tournament is going on right now, and Ohio State once again has put together a dream team of guys that are going to lose in the Final Four. <laughs> in very embarrassing fashion, but it's all the guys that think they're going to win. And they once again, never once called me to be a part of this in any way, shape or form. Um, and that's, we're going to ask him about that. Uh, we're going to ask him about whether he listens to the podcast anymore. And then uh, we, we might just hang up on him. I don't know. We're, we're going to see how it goes, but uh, I did want to, we, we see if he answers. Yeah. Let's see if he even answers. Uh, last time he came on, what was he like getting a salad at, at, at North Star Cafe in Columbus, I think. At it the was time. when he was yeah. a Chicago Bull for that, you know, yeah. twenty minute period. Oh, oh there's a story. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna yes. bring this story up. Uh, but you guys want, you will want to hear this. Um, there is a story about when when he was traded uh, in this podcast, and I I am going to save it for when I actually tell John the story because it's kind of funny. So uh, we are going to talk to John for like ten minutes. It might run over. I don't really know, but uh, here he is. Our interview with John Diebler. All right, joining us now is uh, one of the original, what would we say? We have friends of the program on this show, Tate. Is this friends the first, of the program. Is this the first yes. villain of the program? The enemy of the program? Foe of the program. The, yeah, the foe. There you go. Foe of the program. We already hashed that out. Uh, his name is John Diebler. Uh, he's been on the show before, and he is currently a member of the Carmen's crew. Horrible name. Horrible name, by the way. Um, <laughs> TBT team. Uh, that, as I said, is going to probably make the Final Four and lose yet again and then look at each other and be like, how did that happen? What what went wrong, guys? And then come back next year and then leading into next year's tournament, say, we're not going to do it this year and then actually play again next year. And this is the same cycle you guys have been on for five years. John, what's up? 
<laughs> oh, hey, Mark. It's good, good to have you on. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, man. What's going on, John? I had nothing what, to do with that intro, but uh, yeah, what good to talk to you. Dude, I, 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 first, of all, first of all, Mark, how, how am I a foe of the podcast? I still like... I know, you're not anymore. <laughs> that amazes me. The, the bit has kind of lost its steam, but uh, it, you know why, because you said you, you listened all the time, and then we called you out on it, and you didn't actually listen. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, just don't... don't Yeah. But you're, you're starting to become a foe for this reason. Uh why Why am I not, like, you guys just played that big X team, the Big Ten team, whatever it is, that had basically every other Ohio State alum on it that wasn't on your own team. And then, like, I'm looking in the, they're showing shots of the crowd, and, like, Bowles is there, and Kate is there, and, like, all these guys are there. Why, am I the only guy that's, like, never invited to any of this stuff? What's going on, John? Is my invitation lost in I the mean, mail? Did you send it to my Ohio address? I, mean, I live in L.A. now. You don't, you don't need an invitation to come to Columbus and go to the TBT game. Mm. We didn't send out invites to those people. They just were nice people and came to the game to support their friends. Well, um, why why am I not invited on the team, though, is the real question. Like, why am I not on the bench? With <laughs> it? You, you let Evan Turner wear a hockey jersey on your bench last year, and you won't even let me. <laughs> Mark, you didn't, we didn't know that you were interested in joining the team. I'm not. I'm in, I'm interested in being invited to join. anymore? Dude, I don't... Listen, I don't want to be on the team. I want to be asked to be on the team and then turn you guys down. That's what I want. <laughs> I just want to be... I want to feel like this I'm This is at, why we don't ask you. Um, What's going on, though? Tell the people... Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I haven't really been watching this year. I, it's uh, it, it, I, it, it's not... I'm not actually mad. I, I, I would like to watch. It's just every time you guys start playing, I forget to turn it on until it's too late. Um. So tell the people what's going on in TBT. Who are the good teams? How well are you guys playing? What's next? What stage are we at? Give us the whole spiel so uh, those are, those our listeners can just start tuning in now if they want. Yeah. Well, they changed it this year. So in the previous years, you had to, they had three weekends. You had to win two games each weekend. So this year, it's just two week, weekends, and you got to win three games each weekend. So we just had the regional in Columbus. It was pretty awesome, actually. The last game, especially against the Dayton team, was mm-hmm. super intense. Like, it was it was pretty awesome. There was a lot of Dayton fans there. It was like 50-50 Dayton and Ohio State fans. And it was an intense game, man. Like, we were all talking after the game that we haven't been in a game like that in a while. It was intense. So that was a lot of fun. There's, um, I mean, obviously we played, like you mentioned, the, the Big X team that has uh, some Ohio State alumni on their team, but it was good. Three games in three days is tiring. Um, definitely a little older than what I used to be. And doing that is not as easy as it used to be. So I'm feeling it. What? We're all kind of feeling it, but we played well. Willie, Willie B was playing great. Dave was playing great. So they stepped up huge for us. So what's the next then? Where are you guys going now? Uh, this, so they have the other reach. Cause I don't remember how many regionals there are. So they didn't play all the regionals this past weekend. There's some this weekend, and then the final weekend is in Chicago. So in two weeks. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you, you just said that you're old. What is what? Where where are you playing professionally? <laughs> what is what is next for you? I like I like I how of all the stuff I said, you just pointed out that I said that I'm I old. Know. I know. Well, I I said that because Tate and I played last night. We played in a, a men's league game out here last night. And we we both woke up. We got to the studio this morning. And we were just like, "Are are you as sore as I am? I'm so fucking sore." Yeah, I can barely move right now, Dude. John. It's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's that I can barely breathe. <laughs> no, it it's like 
I was struggling. I knew I was going to struggle the first game Friday night because I haven't played five on five in a long time. And then, like by Sunday and even Monday morning yesterday, I was I was done. Like I couldn't move. Are you are you retired? Are you like not That's, playing? I'm are, planning on I'm planning on that. It's like up in the air right now. We're I'm not really sure what I'm going to do yet. But that's definitely an option. Okay, so if if you actually retire, will you just give us the scoop either way, please? This is how you this is how you I'll get back you know. in our good graces, and you're no longer a foe of the program. Is you give us the scoop, and we can. Tweet so I am out. a foe. You just said like five minutes ago that I wasn't really, but now I am again. <laughs> well, you're unbelievable. Gonna, do you remember when you were? Uh, remember when you were traded for Carmelo Anthony? Yeah, dude. <laughs> so so who do your uh, like if you retire? Are you retiring from? Do the Bulls have your rights? Is that how this works? So like. Are you retiring as a bull? Is that is, is would that be how this shakes out? A member of the Chicago Bulls <laughs> yeah. who never played and nor suited up for them. Yeah, I don't know how that works, man. I really don't. Like I said, it was news to me when I got traded. I found out on Twitter at like eleven thirty at night, Turkey time. Mm. So th- around Thanksgiving, so, you mean, or what? Eleven thirty th- <laughs> during Thanksgiving, or never mind, never mind. What no, is wrong with you? You said turkey. Okay. Um, what is wrong with you? What what else? What else you got going on? You in Columbus now? Obviously for the yeah, the in Columbus thing. now. Yeah. Got my cam going on right now. Um, my wife is having my twins. wife. She's having. Yeah. you guys are having twins. Having twins, man. Nice. When when is that happening? She's when she do that is happening anytime in August, really. So full term for her is the thirtieth of. August, that's the latest she'll go. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of on high alert right now. But she's doing great. We're having a boy and a girl. Oh, nice. Yeah. So super pumped about that. I'm actually planning. Mark, here you go, dude. I'm not planning on going to the final weekend in the TBT because I just I can't be out of town at that time. Oh, you're quitting, you're quitting on your team. Like 30, Interesting. 34 weeks at that point. So you can take my spot, Mark. You're quitting on the team. That's a... Uh... That's very interesting. If, if you would like to put it that way, then then yes, you can do that. If you consider staying home with my thirty four week pregnant wife of twins, can I just say I hate on the I hate so much how you do this when you come on the the show where you pretend to be like this nice guy, and then I, you and I both know as soon as you hang up, you're just gonna be texting me, you dumb son of a bitch, doucher, screw you know, like this is how you this is how professional you, basketball yeah, player, Mark. exactly. This is what they do. This they is how he talks talk. to me off yeah. the air. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, Mark, I don't ever call you an SOB because you know I don't like to cuss. Yeah. But I definitely will call you a doucher for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else you want to say before you go? That's really all we wanted. We just wanted to check in on you, make sure you're doing okay. Diebler, what was I'm your, doing all right, man. What I was your favorite it, episode so. of the podcast over yeah. the past? Uh, since since I the can't end hear of you. March. In and out. I can't hear you. I got what? bad service. Oh. Bad service. Can't you know you. what your favorite episode was, John? Remember when you did get traded for Carmelo yeah. and we interviewed you and you came on the show? Yeah, that one, That was the one. Did you listen to that interview back? Nope. Is the reason you didn't listen My to that? My favorite episode was the first time I came on the pod. Is, is, the reason, <laughs> is the reason you didn't listen to that interview back because we didn't actually air the interview? <laughs> Yes, this is a this is the I, I don't even know if I told you about this date because you weren't even involved with it. No, I wasn't. Uh, when when John got traded for Carmelo, Evan, you were actually producing, weren't you? You were you were in on it. Um, when John got traded for Carmelo, uh, we did talk to him, and I was uh, you couldn't. It wasn't for Carmelo. I thought it was with Carmelo. I thought it was for Carmelo. 
I thought you were with the Rockets. I thought I and he got tra- and he was with the Bulls for a half second, right? And then he got traded to the Rockets, and you got traded to the Bulls. I don't know. It, I, I think it was for Carmelo. No, I thought he was on the Rockets, and then his rights got traded. Oh, his rights the- got traded to the Bulls. Know. That was what I don't know. Wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. It doesn't. It, who cares, dude? If you if you say it enough, it becomes it's true. Yeah, it becomes true that you you were traded for Carmelo Anthony. That's that's the story I'll always know. Yes. Um. But yeah, we we talked to John. Tate Tate was busy; he couldn't do it, and we interviewed John. And then Evan and I looked at each other. This was Evan's idea. I'm just kidding. I'm trying trying to throw Evan under the bus. Um, I said to myself, "Should we air this interview, or should we do another test to see if John even listens to the podcast?" And I decided we're not even gonna we're not even gonna put the interview up, and I'm gonna see if John even notices that we don't even put the interview up. And here we are today. John didn't notice until I just said that. <laughs> Stay on brand. Unbelievable. That's all I got to do. And this is why I'm uh, the foe of the podcast, yes. because you do stupid stuff like this to me, Mark. I mean, it all comes full circle. I made you wake up at like 4.30 a.m. in Turkey to, to, record a, <laughs> to record a pod with us that we didn't even use, and we were never going to use. It You're was just, unbelievable. It was and, then just you to say that I'm, and then you want to go on and say that I'm putting on the front that I'm not a good person. Just, unbelievable. John, spoiler alert. We're not even going to use this. This is all a joke as well. This is... Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. Uh good luck. Trying good to get me to say something I crazy. Know, I know. I'm trying to get you to the the I know player. I know you, Mark. I know you. Um <laughs> good luck the rest of the way with the TBT. Tell the guys uh I send my regards and um I'm in the and also I'm in the best shape of my life, but you know, whatever. Maybe next year when when Can I'm, you even shoot anymore? John, 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 John. John, my boy. How many John. points did you have in your rec league game? Uh, hey, how many points did he have? Uh, what, like 18, 20, something yeah, probably like that? Yeah. Around that yeah. yeah. I mean, I shot probably 25 Terrible. times, but you, <laughs> you shot how many times? Probably like 25 times, but you know, it doesn't matter. There you go, Mark. Efficiency. It doesn't matter. Uh, good luck with the, uh, with the twins. That's we're, we're, we are happy for you. Congratulations on that. Congratulations on everything. Just give us the scoop when you retire or don't retire, whatever I'll it let is, you know. whenever you make your decision. And, uh, I'm coming to Columbus in a few months. We mm. we gotta we gotta have some fun. We gotta lies. So I gotta come before August thirtieth. I gotta come before August thirtieth. It sounds like because you're gonna be nowhere to be found after that. You're gonna be locked up in your house chasing <laughs> babies around. <laughs> in my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, dude. Well, you should definitely come to Columbus. All right. We love you. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Thanks, Diebler. All right, guys. See you, dude. All right, thank you to John Diebler for coming on. Thank you again to Jalen Brunson. Uh, as you said, Tate, two two professional basketball players. They know what to say. They, they handle their they business have been coached. like professionals. Yes, and um, yeah, John, it really does frustrate me because there's not a there's not a, a more annoying friend I have in the world than John Diebler. Like this is a guy who, uh, when I was living in Columbus and I would work out in the summers at the gym, um, I'd be lifting weights. And John, without fail, every time he would come in, he would just start giving me titty twisters. That's mm. just like his move. Like as you're lifting, you're, you're like bench pressing. He'd come over and just be like, "What's up, doucher?" and just twist your nipple. And I'm like, "John, what? What?" And this is how he carries himself. And then you get him on the show, and I start, I bring that same energy back to him. And then he's like, "All, oh, I'm having twins, and I love my wife." And it's like, "Come on, John, come on, get over yourself." Good guy. <laughs> That's all it is. Just a good guy. That's all. He's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's normal life. Um, before we go, I wanted to say uh, we we pitched the idea of doing the rewatchables thing in August, and we are going to do that. We went on Twitter, we we tweeted, send us your nominations. Uh, I was expecting like fifty, maybe a hundred people to tweet back at us. Tate, we got seventeen hundred responses, <laughs> um, and it became very overwhelming. So uh, we, 
I, I'm not going to say I looked through all of them, but I got the gist. I looked through, I looked through a lot of them and made a big list. We're going to figure out a way to whittle these down. I think we're going to have to do some sort of bracket. I don't want to. Tate and I were joking that like we're going to make this massive bracket and like go round by round, and by the time we figure out who the winner is, it's going to be like the season. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a season Christmas. preview. Yeah. yeah, here it comes. <laughs> and we're just going to say, oh, never mind, the season's here. Um, so we're not going to do that, but we're going to figure out some sort of system because there are there are some that are more obvious than others, uh, and we're going to do a Twitter vote and. Um, it's 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 going to be fun. So so keep an eye out for that. Uh, we we appreciate everyone um, engaging with us with that. Anything else before we go? Though, yeah, one more thing. Zion Williamson, a guy that uh, has had you know quite a run with different shoe companies. A lot of people thought he would be an Adidas kid because of Adidas Nations, and then goes to Duke and Nike schools. So people thought you know inevitably and the shoe blew out. Yeah, the Paul Carolina. George blew out. Yep. So he signs with. Jordan Brand signs with Michael Jordan. Uh, mm. People were very excited about this. You, you got all so the, Carolina got your guy. So Carolina, we, did it. we finally we did, it. did it. So it turns out that Zion. Zion the whole time wanted to go to Carolina, and here we are. The proof is in the pudding. He did um, it, and that was not a fat joke about uh, the pudding. Well, I'll stick aside. You bring up the fat jokes. I'll stick aside. Like, what if Zion actually like does get fat? Because this this dude, he's got some Michael Porter situation going on right now, where like he doesn't want to <laughs> play basketball. Um. I don't know, but he's I'm, not vegan, so that's, yeah, he's not that, vegan. That's, that the, that's the hard but part. But he, he just pulled himself out of the the USA training camp, right? He pulled himself out of summer league, which he had a little knee tweak, whatever. Like it's it it's, it is what it is. But um, is this man doing any cardio? That's what I'm worried about because we saw the picture of him yawning on the bench. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of jokes floating around about. I I do enjoy that all the NBA people are are catching up to you and I making the, the Zion jokes for we've made them for the past year and now all of a sudden people are making gumbo jokes down in New Orleans and that's a, a thick boy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, we, we were, you know, I'm not saying we invented the idea of it, but come on. We've, we've been on this beat for a while. Um, I I really, I really think like this would be, this, this might actually happen where like he's he kind of has some weight issues, but I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting because Jordan has never really passed the baton to someone else. You know what I mean? He signed like Carmelo and CP3, but they Mike weren't Conley. really. Mike Conley, of course. Uh, Blake Griffin. But this is like, okay. He sees Zion. Zion loved and idolized Michael Jordan. And he says, here you go. We're going to go and give you a ton mm-hmm. of money and you're going to be Jordan brand. So if he does get fat, that would be really bad. <laughs> I would bad not thing. like that. So uh, come on, Zion. All right. Uh, that is the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you again to John Diebler. Thank you to Jalen Brunson. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. You saved our asses. We didn't really have much to talk about this going on in college basketball, mm-hmm. but they were fun to talk to. We really enjoyed that. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. We will be back next week. Peace. Peace.